One of the things that I say frequently as a pastor is that you get the pastor who's authentic. So when there's stuff that I need to own, I'm gonna own it. And so I do struggle from time to time with contentment. I do, it's a thing. And two areas of my life where it's very hard for me is when I drive, I, ha I am blessed. I have several boats in my garage. They're older boats but they work, they still float, they still take me places, but I can be driving down the road and Jenny refers to them as the other women. I, my head will turn. Whoa, did you see what that guy had on his rack? Um, and, and I think that was 14 foot long. So here's a, here's a tarpon, <laughs> tarpon 120. Uh, and so sometimes I feel like my life would be better with a tarpon 120. The, Elena wants a boat too. The other thing that I can struggle with from time to time is I'm one of the three people in the world that just loves Microsoft other than Bill and Melinda Gates. Bill and Melinda Gates and me, none of their children love it, but I love it. And so anything Microsoft comes out with a product, I always wanna have it. And this is the Microsoft Surface Studio. Ooh, it bends down in an articulating click kick stand. It has a dial, you, it has a magic pen and a magic dial and you can manipulate right on the screen. Here's the thing, because you're an American and you live in America, being content is extra hard for you. And it's extra hard for you and it's extra hard for me for two reasons. One, everything in America is geared toward new and improved. It's new and improved. Uh, phones, every year, every two years, Apple and Samsung come out with new phones. Now it's waterproof. Now it doesn't even have a headphone jack. It's better. <laughs> and they, they're trying to convince you that they've been working so hard. The PlayStation 4 can do things that the PlayStation 3 cannot. Uh, Xbox One. Uh, I love what Entertainment Weekly said. Quite simply, games look absolutely stunning on Xbox. Okay, and so new and improved. And it's not just electronic stuff. If you grocery shop, you're gonna go down the aisle and in the middle of the aisle is gonna be a big display of Oreo cookies that are new and improved. These Oreos have even more stuffing and the face of Minnie Mouse. You've got to have those Oreos. They will make you happy. Those Oreos will. And so everywhere we go, we're confronted with new and improved. The advertisers know this and they're constantly trying to sell us new and improved. The other, the other reason that as an American, you're gonna struggle extra hard with contentment is because you're surrounded by people who have what you don't. You're always gonna run into somebody who got a car, a brand new car at the age of 16, a friend who has the latest gaming system and has the really cool chairs and even has a fridge in their room so that they don't even have to go to the kitchen, a gaming fridge. You're gonna always gonna have a friend who's taking trips and going to places and posting about it on Instagram. And when you focus on what you don't have, it's hard to be happy. Let me say that again. When you focus on what you don't have, it's hard to be happy. Here's somebody with their new Jeep. But God can help you to be okay no matter what. And I wanna share this brief passage from Philippians chapter four. Philippians is a letter in the New Testament that's sometimes called a letter of friendship or a letter of joy. 
So it's a letter of friendship and a letter of joy. The word joy comes up time and time again in the book of Philippians. Why is Paul so happy? Why is he so joyful? Did you know that when Paul wrote this letter, he was in prison? Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy. He was in prison. Uh, he was also tired after 20 years of traveling and he was ready for a break. And yet joy is the word that comes up time and time again. And then the last thing that was true about Paul in these circumstances is that his, his uh, other people who preached were basically saying, we're so much better than Paul. Paul is Captain Lamo. Our preaching is so much better. And look, he's even in jail. What kind of a preacher is that? Loser. And he writes this letter of friendship and joy. And in these verses, Paul has something important to say. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Paul is saying something very important here. You're not born with a contentment gene. You don't pop out of the womb going, I love my life exactly the way it is. I love my friend circle. I drive the best car in the world. Our home is Glamourville. You don't pop out of the womb thinking those thoughts. If you're gonna be content, you have to work at it. It takes some work. That's what he's saying here. I have learned how to be content. And in the Greek, emathon, enois, emi, autarkes, and I. I have learned in whatever I am to be content. Have you ever heard someone say, you know, I've learned to keep your mouth shut. Have you ever heard someone say, oh, I've learned credit cards can get you into trouble. When they say that, what are they saying? I've learned from the school of hard knocks. I've learned the hard way. And that's how most of us are gonna learn contentment. It's not through easy circumstances, it's gonna be through difficult circumstances. He goes on in verse 12, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And what he's saying here is, I've learned not to be consumed when I have extra, and I've learned not to be consumed when I don't have enough. I've learned not to let my circumstances dictate how I respond to people. This is hard. And then he says in verse 13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Christians love to put this on their cars or their Apple laptop case tops. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But the context here is I can do what? I can be content. It's not magical power, it's I can be content. So let me ask a couple of questions. How would you describe a person who's content? How would you describe that person? And can you think of someone specific? For me, it was my Grandma Vi. Grandma Vi was crippled with arthritis. She lived on the interest of $30,000 in Social Security. That'll tell you right there, she had nothing. Every time I went to visit my Grandma Vi, she would have cash that she would try to give me right? Because you need to have some money, Mark. I'm, you know, you're just young and, and no, no, grandma, I can't take your money. The guilt will kill me. You know, it's like, and she was, and you could talk to her. How's your day? Well, I hurt. And I remember one day when my dad grabbed me by the knee and I was like, oh, and he goes, that's how your grandmother feels all the time, son. <laughs> Thanks for the learning lesson, dad. I'm going to limp away now. Okay. 
But yet, no matter when you talked to her, she had room and space for you. Her day was going the most amazing day in the world, despite how she was feeling, despite the weather. Sometimes you'd stop by and she'd say, if it would be okay, would you mind, because she couldn't drive, would you mind running to the store? And you'd find out she was practically out of food and this was a critical error and she's asking you like, it's no big deal if you go or not, no big deal, right? Can you think of someone who's content what characterizes them? And then does gratitude impact your feeling of contentment? Does gratitude impact your feeling of contentment? The answer is yes. So what do you and I do with this? Here's some ways to take it home. Kids, moms and dads, adults. Instead of asking the question, why don't I have, ask this question instead. How's come I have two of? How's come I have two gaming systems? How's come I, ha how's come I have two pairs of shoes? How's come I have two boats? How's come I have two of anything? How's come I have extra? The second thing is, I love this. This is from a theologian. He says, remind yourself that it could be worse. Sometimes that's helpful. For all of us right now, it could be worse. We could have been living in Edgewood Village. Our lives would be upended right now with not very good options. It could be worse. Lastly, put yourself in places where you're going to encounter people who have less than you. I want to suggest two such places. One is the Jesmond County Food Pantry. I've told you this many times. When I would volunteer on distribution day, back when they did it that way, and I would t roll the cart of food into the parking lot, at the time I was driving a 1998 Mercury. And I always thought, man, the terrible car. I miss that car now, Dave. I really miss that car. And, and I would take the grocery cart in the, into the parking lot where all of their cars were, and then I would get into my car, and you know the funniest thing as I was driving home that I would be thinking, this is such a great car. <laughs> Isn't that weird how that works? Another place where you could do that is volunteering at the Jesmond County Homeless Shelter, right? And those are two places where if you were to insert yourself or put yourself there on a somewhat consistent basis, it can really help you with learning how to be content. If I, could, if I could ask anything of you today, it would be this. Would you make a decision today that you're going to learn? You may not learn it all today, but you're going to learn how to be content. That's it. Yes, Max. Yes, Jesus. I'm going to learn how to be content.